Hey y'all, this is Lee from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. My name is Austin, today I'm joined with... George, Christian, and George, who do we have here with us today? All right, ladies and gentlemen, standing at six feet, five inches tall, weighing in at a whopping 362 and a half pounds from Sleep Town, Indiana, the Loch Ness Launster, Lonnie Rose. Lonnie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Super excited to be on the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast because, like uh, our host told me, a bit more professional than the GCP. Yeah. <laughs> Way to throw me under the bus. Sorry, George. No, you're fine. It, it, it makes sense, though. It makes sense, though. I think it's just the more people. It adds a little bit of more like yeah, a... Yeah, there's yeah. more brain cells in, 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 the, in the mix. True. Basically. True. More brain cells. There's at least four of them here, so at that's a good sign. Four, I would say at least four. George probably has three and a half. I have a quarter. Yeah. Christian has the other quarter. <laughs> There's half of a Toblerone in my skull. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's calling the shots. Well, uh, to get back into, into things as normal, uh, what have you guys been watching this week? Anything fun? Um, me and some buddies watched all of the uh, old Spider-Man movies. The, the OG with Tobey Maguire. Good one. I know the kiddies might not remember those. <laughs> um, but it, they were very good. Yeah, all our seven-year-old listeners are probably like, what the hell is that? Who's that Tobey Maguire? Okay, and, you know, obviously some people have seen Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Some people saw the short-lived Andrew Garfield movies, okay? Us, our first experience with Spider-Man in our generation was our boy Tobey Maguire, right? Squirrels? Oh my gosh, the YouTube poop compilations are hilarious. There's no context for that that I can explain in this amount of time. <laughs> but Spider-Man 1, great movie, super well written for like the first like real cinematic shot of a Spider-Man movie. I was very impressed. Even all these years later when I've seen like let's say better ones, I guess. I'm calling bad. Okay. I'm just I'm just yeah, saying so I, I I learned some stuff rewatching them, you know. They put some higher than they were before. Okay. Is it like an initial reaction thing to you? Like that, like, you know, your first big Spider-Man experience. So you're like, that's the pinnacle. Like, is it, it's like that one joke that uh, Louis CK tells where it's like, he's like, this is the best sandwich I've ever eaten. And he's like, really bitch. Is this the best sandwich <laughs> you've really ever eaten? Is this really, you're going to go on your entire life. And this is the best sandwich you've ever eaten. Is it like a similar situation? No. Um, just to give like, the the abridged overview spider-man 2 is the best out of the original trilogy i second that okay see see we, we got a second real that. time verification of fact yeah. i, I really good. enjoy that one like a lot more than the first and definitely the third one all right so boom fact check on the spot because it's true <laughs> you know spider-man Spider 1 two. is still really good Great. and then unfortunately i'd say spider-man 3 is the worst although it's better than i thought it was and then 
you know, if you want to talk about the new ones, I'm I'm having a war in my head because I just rewatched them. I thought Spider-Man Homecoming was the best one I'd seen. Well, rewatching the first trilogy against Spider-Man 2 is really good. So it's definitely, you know, it's definitely hard. And, you know, I like the Andrew Garfield ones, too. If you remember when Gwen Stacy was played by uh, uh, Emma the Stone. The Emma Stone. Exactly. Yeah, Emma Stone was, was nice. Gwen Stacy. Bang. They made two <laughs> movies. You know, Electra was played by Jamie Foxx. People, you know, people trash on them, but, I, you know, I like it. So that's the abridged stand. Okay. What about you, George? What have you been watching? Um, oh, I'd say probably the most entertaining thing I watched this week. We had a, um, I'm a Big Brother fan. Big Brother season is coming <laughs> to the end. Um, we got, uh, there was eight people in the house. No, no, no. There was nine people in the house. And they did a triple eviction last night. Um, and it's crazy. They've never done a triple eviction before. That means three people got sent home. It's a show where, you know, people are, are stuck together in a house. You make friends with people. You win competitions. You vote people out of the house. The one that's standing at the end wins. That's Big Brother. And last night, three people went home, which typically it's only one. And then like once a season, they'll do like a double eviction. But they've never done a triple eviction. And it was like, it really shook the game up a little. Highly recommend uh, you guys like go back and watch this uh, this season. Like it's tough. There's already been like thirty something episodes. Were they but, scared? Like was everybody just on edge the entire time? Uh, yeah, because they do it all live. They kick so like there's competitions. You have to win the the competition to put people up to vote out, and then there's another competition where like the people who got put up that were going to get voted out, they have a chance to like win a competition and take themselves off of being voted out. And they did two sets of those last night, which is like crazy. Um, but yeah, big brother. That's what I've been into. What about you, Austin? I was going to ask our guest first. Oh, oh I, I can't even of you, George. I'm so used to like looking here at Chris and then this, this side of my vision. My right you hand just side. Doesn't have you a, just did a show with him like yeah, that's usually ago. where the he doesn't have a big white beast on the right side, but I'm now here I now. I feel your presence now, big dogs. So what have you been watching? <laughs> um, nothing really this week except I did finally get to watch Equalizer two. I don't know if you guys watched Equalizer with Denzel. Mm-mm, I haven't. Very good movie. Like, he, like he's just a complete badass, like ex CIA or Navy or something, and he just absolutely destroy some russian guys i mean like what, what more can you ask for is it like a like i don't i think I've, i remember denzel most for his coaching roles but like this I feel one, like it's got to be like an early 2000s action uh, shoot 'em up movie actually it was released in like 2015 or 2016 God the first one off. it had really? chloe it had uh chloe chloe grace moretz she mm. was in there and she was like a, a prostitute and she was being like in a prostitute ring by these russian guys and he, bing, bang, boom, took all of them out exactly and saved, like saved, saved, okay. uh, saved Chloe. So that was pretty I dope. caught the end of that movie on TV the other day. In the con- and they're in like a Home Depot. And, and I'm like, why is Chloe Moretz playing the hooker? And he's doing, <laughs> and he's using everything in the Home Depot as his, uh, as like his weapon. Like he's using nail guns and he's like setting up like barbed wire traps, like just some absolute badassery. And then the second one is like, you kind of. He like uh, reunites with some old pals, and then he finds out that they're bad guys. 
and then he has to kill his old pals. So it's it's pretty gotta, it's pretty I intense. I lucky want to watch these movies now. So, like uh, it's it real, like that- it's like an older Denzel, like when he's like fifty, like almost like pushing sixty. Like it's an older Denzel. It's this this isn't prime, but I mean like I don't know. He's pretty prime in this in the movies. Not gonna yeah, lie, he's like he's stud. really like he's the guy. You know, is, is that the one with the credit card scene? Like he's in the hotel room yep, and they, yep. I, see, I see that all That's the time and he's like he equalizer like, two. He used a credit card and like freaking jagged the, jagged the guy's head open and took out like five other guys in twenty seconds. And they're like, "What are you?" Yeah, they don't know what he's gonna do, but he knows. I'm what excited. He's gonna do. I'm excited to watch. He knows what he's gonna do. We got, we got an extensive backlog of of movies we've got to watch. Oh, I have so oh many God. movies I need to watch. We need to like do that one day, like just make a list for each other. We gotta make just an Excel sheet and I'll share it with you. What like, is the, like? What's probably like the most like popular like best movie you haven't seen? Yes, that you know you should watch, but like you haven't seen most of the Marvel films. Fight Club. Really? What? Oh, Fight Club too. I haven't seen Fight Club. You haven't seen Fight Club. I haven't seen Fight Club either. I, oh, all right. We okay. all got to do it. All right. I have we something to be. Damn. Have we hey, hey, decided? Hey, 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 right. Everything I've seen from the movie looks totally great. It's just like. You have a list of movies, but you never follow the list. Something shoots out to you and you watch it. Look, it's going to happen. I'm going to watch Fight Club. And you're going to be glad you did. I like oh, yeah, I'm the sure discombobulate we're scene. I would say for me, I think the one that pisses me off a little bit that I haven't watched is the, the Godfathers. I haven't seen those either. That was mine. Neither that have I. That was mine. <laughs> Well, you're a true paisan. You come from well, like, the Italian that's background. The pro- that's the problem. There's so many Italian mobster movies I haven't seen, like full on, 100 percent through. There's one. Uh, I forgot which one. So I used to work at the Mob Museum for a little bit, and oh, uh, cool. they had like a movie playing in like the, the third level. Uh, well, actually, first level. Start from the top and go down. So uh, there's a there's a scene. They're talking about mob movies, and this guy's like, "Yeah, so this guy, we had the guy who who was a mobster, and he's like, no, 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 that's all wrong." I did it like this and like did it like that. And then we realized we had the guy who killed this person in the scene. So he redid <laughs> it for the scene and re-killed the dude that he actually really killed in real life for the movie. I gotta figure out which movie it is. But yeah, they were the director was like, holy shit, I got this I got the dude here in the flesh who killed this guy. What all That's right, I guess, crazy. So they How put could him he in. be here and well and he, then got a, he got out and then he, for what? uh he got out of prison for like Snitching. Yeah. What was mm. what was that one movie that came out with uh, De Niro, uh, the, the Irishman? Did you guys Irishman. watch the Irishman? I have not watched that either. Mm-mm. I I, I, even I, seen I the sat Sopranos. through it. I sat through it. Not gonna lie, I did fall asleep, but it had a good. It had a good beginning and a very strong, solid ending. Because that's all you saw. In the middle part, middle was just part, a lot of Al Pacino. Part, I guess you could say it's fuzzy. You know, don't really remember <laughs> it. It's dark, but uh, you know, it's 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 you know classic Italian mobster story, except you know Robert De Niro. Is the Irishman, of course. Pretty, pretty awesome. It's a, it's a good movie. I recommend you should watch it, but like only if you have three and a half hours on your. On, on, in your <laughs> oh, day. see, that's awesome. tough. That's tough that to do. Exactly. That's why it's like I watched it late at night. That's why I ended up falling asleep and waking back up for the like for the ending. You know, like the finale. Damn, this is crazy. How did we get here? I was like, <laughs> holy shit! All right. Well, I guess I'll, what, I'll what go did with, you watch? So, I work from home. Yes. Uh. I have my computer next to me for work. So I watch a lot of YouTube for background and like, you know, I'm uh, answering emails here, doing simple tasks here. Uh, so I was watching this dude on YouTube. I watch a lot more YouTube than I do TV. Same. I was watching this guy named Legal Eagle and he's a lawyer and he reviews like laws, films, or he'll go like, ah, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. What laws did they break? I know what you're, t- I know who you're talking yeah. about. I've so seen he, some of those. 
two of the ones that I watched were uh, Always Sunny episodes. And one of them was the Bird Law episode. Oh my God. Yeah. And, the and one I, in their so, court. I, so that's how I saw the episode was through this guy. And I was like, what the fuck? What the? And then the second one he did was when, uh, is it Dennis? Dennis, right? The, the handsome guy? Yeah. yeah, Dennis is the. He, he's eating cereal in his boy. car, and then Frank hits him. Yeah, so hits him from four. behind. And he, the funny thing is, is like at the end of that episode, the lawyers like, see, when they agree, like, all right, if you can drive there without spilling your cereal, we'll believe you. If you can drive there without hitting somebody, we'll believe you. He was like, see, that's how this would be handled in like civil court. He's like, they can agree on something, and it's a task, so they have to do it. I was like, that really? That's how? That's how they would settle this? That's it's always funny, bro. They it, do that with a lot of their episodes. Well, yeah, but um, the lawyer was saying it's like, legally possible. Yeah, to, he's, he's saying that's the that's best how they route. would go about it. No, I, it makes sense. Can't argue with they, the law. Well, I like, can't argue I like with the with, law. Like, what did they say about the bird law episode? Because he was like, like, he was like, he was like, I, I like he agreed with the judge the entire time. What the hell does this have to do with anything? Because he's like, you can't just go in there and be making nonsense about like. He's like, I I don't know about bird law. He's like, I'm a human lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> you you gotta like. I would wonder what would happen. What's the craziest thing that's ever been asked in court? Because he was like, he, Charlie calls up the guy to the stand the hat. with the hat on. Did you and, take your hat off? And then he has a bird expert, like, like from a university come in and try to speak with the bird and then like realizes, you know, he doesn't actually speak pigeon. So then Charlie tries to speak pigeon to the pigeon. And then it's, yeah, no, I wonder, like, is speak, that anything like pigeon? that? Was that, do you? I didn't know you spoke pigeon. That's very good. That's actually very offensive in their language. You have nine of them at your window right now. You just insulted their deity. They're, they're stomping on the window. They're, they're deity, the french fry on the, on the street corner. <laughs> Crinkle cut french fry. Uh, he was saying, though, that uh, they, they would have translators. In, and the funny thing is, is because Every time, like in a law movie, they're always like, "Oh, I call the witness." This person, everyone's like, "Oh!" Like in real life, that doesn't happen because you have months of preparing. You know who everybody they're going to call to the stand. That is true. So he goes, "You have time to prepare." Like OJ, he was talking about the OJ trial, and like he was saying, like they knew for months that he was going to have to try to fit in that glove. So he's, I think, he like woke up, get his hand oh. a little bigger so he could fit. Also, he was wearing like latex glove over it too. It doesn't add much, but it adds something. What if OJ That's had a fake black hand on, and then when he took like, off the glove, like the lawyer the from hand, the bird episode. <laughs> yes, like the the freaking hand comes off with a glove. He's, oh shit, my bad. I must be shedding. Have you seen? Um, have any of you guys seen my cousin Vinny? Yes. Oh, this the lawyer with, did with Joe Pesci. It's great. It's so and Marissa great. Tomei from Spider Man Homecoming. You, she won I've an Oscar it. for that movie, Best Actress. Oh, dude, it's great. Uh, it's, it's a no. It's a really is. It's a we gotta watch film. it. It's a great movie. And this lawyer was like, a lot of this is really good. He's like, it's my favorite movie. But, but uh, okay. apparently, lawyers like to use the Chewbacca law. Or uh, what? Chewbacca, Elaborate Chewbacca defense. So in South Park, <laughs> Chef gets sued by by Capitalist Records for a song that he actually wrote previously, but because it sounds. Alanis Morissette song, they're like, we're suing you. And he's like, how the hell are you going to sue me? I wrote the song. <laughs> so then he brings his lawyer, and then they have the lawyer from the OJ trial, the one who said, if you're not fit, you must acquit. And so he goes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chewbacca. He's from Tashi. <laughs> what are you doing on the forest, Muna Endor? That does not make sense. And that wins him the trial every time. 
So he sues Chef, and then he ends up becoming Chef's lawyer and does the same thing again. Everyone's like, oh. okay, it makes so sense. So apparently, like, it's like a lawyer joke. They'll be like, oh, they're using Chewbacca <laughs> over here. Like, it's just something that doesn't make sense. I get it. I like it. Yeah, and that's, it wrapped that's around where? Yeah. <laughs> so on uh on YouTube, are you a person that is going to be searching regularly like okay, I'm in this kind of mood or do you kind of just go with the flow of whatever YouTube yes, gives to you? Yes, both. Sometimes I'm I'm like I want to see something. Like I'll look up like like lately I've been working on like my stock portfolio. So I'll go in and be like, "Hey, what are some good stocks to look at or like what are good high dividend yield stocks?" And stuff like that. I'll watch that, but like most of the time I'll see something on my like for you page or recommended like your homepage. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just pop that yeah. on. Okay. And then okay. I'll get to a loophole. That's usually how I do it. Just just whatever they recommend you, honestly. Because I mean it's usually okay, you know. I know you. They yeah. have so much data on you, Lonnie. They even... have so much data on all of us. Well, we have some news, everybody, and uh George is gonna go ahead and uh get us started on it because there's some some pretty good news coming up here, I would say. News. Um yes. So, <clears throat> let me get my broadcast I gotta, voice in. I got to do like a broadcast like, dun, 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 dun. hello, yes, listeners, good morning, America, here is your news in the cinema universe, uh, or should I say the Marvel universe, the first Muslim woman in representation with the first Muslim superhero, Miss Marvel, you heard that correct, Mark. Markham Teen Aman Vellani has reported a landed the type. Jesus Christ. Restart this. This sounds so bad. What? Okay, let me read this one. Ah, uh, you George, didn't bet the article. It. You're killing it, George. <clears throat> and Technical difficult. Technical difficulties are, uh, are um, what is that called? The, the script writer had epilepsy and was just typing random words in, but he will be fine. My scriptwriter, it's George's brain. Um, so there's a teen. She's going to be the first Muslim superhero. This is going to be aired on Disney Plus. It'll be the first ever Muslim superhero in the Marvel universe. Bam. Period. Um, based on what you guys know about the Marvel universe, what did you guys think when I first brought it up? Like, cool. I have a question about it. Yes. Is she? Is this going to be? One of their TV shows, or is this going to be a movie? I believe it's going to be part of the TV show, TV series. Yes. Okay, so somewhere on the similar tier of, they're doing Wandavision, they're doing Falcon and the Winter Soldier, something about Loki too, right? Yeah. Uh huh. So I could see that. Um, I think, I think the shows are a cool way to potentially like test an idea. Like, ah, are people going to want a movie of this? True. You know, and. And but but something that I wanted to bring up is that with the Marvel movies, we're in a really weird spot to where they finish the big arc, right? Yeah, with all the Thanos stuff, and like I don't know how everybody feels about what's next. Like there is no like big arc building up; it's just like a bunch of movies in the middle. I like you know I don't know if I'll be as interested going forward in everything. And I don't know if they're working as hard to build like a new arc like they did the Thanos arc. So I'm just like, I don't know what everybody thinks, but well, well, like that's their job, you know, like they're going to they're going to want to keep people, you know, buying tickets to the movie. So they're obviously going to do something big. Like, 
I don't I didn't read the comics much, but I know a little bit about, you know, the different power levels of different characters and stuff like that. And they can only, you know, after Thanos, there's not many people that are, you know, more powerful than him. Except for Ray from Star Wars. So they wrote her. What do you mean? Ray? From Star Wars, the last Star Wars film. Sorry. One of our context. Early, one of our earlier episodes, we went on a rant about that movie about how they were just like, she can do everything. Ray. Can she? Well, because I didn't see the last one that they uh, just made. They made her so powerful that she killed the franchise. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, That's I a know, good way to put it. I, I did have one. She's um Palpatine. Oh, spoiler alert. She's Palpatine's granddaughter, right? <laughs> we already spoiled it. Yeah. Double spoiler alert. But yeah, that's what it is, right? So that's why she had that natural affinity towards the dark side and stuff. All right. Back to Marvel. Anyways. So, at least, like, you but, know, I'll still even want to watch a Marvel rumored. movie. I, I'll just jump in so you guys know what her superpower is. It is rumored that she will have the power to give every young woman in the world um, the strength and the courage to do their best at whatever they choose to do. That's her power? Like, What's legit? a better superpower than that? Yeah. Flying? Flying <laughs> strength? I mean, like, it's well, cool. Like, like I need a role model. Okay, but well, Miss Marvel's sec- technical superpowers, she can, like, make her body parts bigger almost. Like, uh, not Mr. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because he can, like, stretch his- Oh, my God. But, th- I guess, yeah. But, like, she can, like, you know, manipulate the size of her body parts. The one that's in that new Marvel game? Yes. Okay. Not she's to, like, not to go too she's far like into one it. of the main playable characters. Okay, I know, in that I know game. who we're talking about. By the now. way, I was just kidding about her superpowers. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's totally ironic. But I'm, I mean, I'm not a comic sh- buff, so I don't know what they are, though. But I'm sure she would inspire tons of tons of yeah, young which I female. Think is cool. That's the which point of this role. That's what they were getting to. Um, so in a way, it is her superpower. It's a it's like a real world. It's like a secondary superpower. Yeah, I can. The main superpower is the body manipulation. That's yeah. how she can beat people. Can you imagine up. though? She she's like a, make a bigger. Okay, oh my god! All right, uh, she's she's talking at like <laughs> she's talking yeah. to like like a, a bunch of kids. And she's like, I'm a superhero. What's your superpower? I bring confidence to little kids. What do you do? I can make my fist bigger and punch. She has the ability to switch between genders. Oh, oh man, Marvel 2050, <laughs> dude, it's on the way. Let's Gender let's be fluid. honest. He's like. I need a cock for this situation. (laughs) (laughs) Got demonetized. (laughs) So, look, you know, like I guess you could say. (laughs) Back on topic. Yes, Miss Marvel. You could say like, and it's not too far off base to say. Okay, maybe like these are like pander plays. Like, oh, you know, we're gonna have a Muslim superhero, but look what they did with Black Panther. Okay. They chose a movie that's about a certain culture. They made an awesome story out of it. That's all True. that's happening. True. You know, and and they've already crossed the female superhero line. You know, they did Captain Marvel. And if you want to look at the DC side of things, they did Wonder Woman. So, like, that, that in itself isn't even new, you know? It's coming. It's coming. Like you said. I, I think uh, I'm glad, though. Like, if any, any new arc to go with, this is what the generation is growing up with. Is this, you know, symbol of unity? And I think they In- realize inclusivity as yeah, well. Yeah, what they realize from those superhero movies is that they're powerful fucking movies. Like you said, they change the way a, a country is feeling. That you know they they yeah. invoke that kind of togetherness in a weird way. Could you imagine if they tried to release Endgame like right now? 
in quarantine? Ooh. I, I think what, like Disney Plus it, only? No. Oh. Like if they were like, we're gonna release this shit in theaters because we spent so much goddamn money on this. I don't I think they would still just shelf it until our infrastructure like, would crash. <laughs> <laughs> it might be like honestly the most downloaded movie of all time. Oh yeah. No, I don't doubt that. Like it would I think it would it would overcome but see I think Avatar, I'm not sure if it's the most watched movie of all time or Avatar, I think highest, I think it might be highest grossing. Gross, highest grossing. Makes sense. But I mean that was that movie was really Endgame's good. up there. Because Endgame made I think I think like top three superheroes are you like global. It's I not just say, I want to say top three is States. like Avatar, one of the Avengers movies, and then like Titanic. Huh. I like Titanic. Did you guys I've like seen Titanic? a watch mojo on this some sometime in the <laughs> yeah, past? Yeah, Watch Mojo has given me the information. Uh what else do you have for us today, George? So then the the second uh piece of news, and I know we got some we had it mentioned earlier. But um, Jamie Foxx is in talks to return as Electro for Spider-Man, um, the new Spider-Man movie. The third. The third one. Now, I'm no Spider-Man buff, so you guys actually got a chance to see Jamie Foxx in this role. Uh, what should I expect? Because I expect Jamie Foxx to be funny, um, like kind of like um, horrible boss is funny, but then can get serious like Django serious. Is this a nice in between of those two? I think it definitely is, okay? And they we have to unwrap the ridiculous history of Spider-Man movies to to contextualize all this. Well, like we'll just go The Amazing Spider-Man, so the the second reboot with Andrew Garfield, that's where it starts off with. So the first movie was whatever, it had the reptile guy, right? If I'm if I'm not mistaken. And then Yeah, it had yep. And then with the second one, they had like a a, a good amount. They had a good amount of um villains in that so it was hard to keep track of all the different ones that they had because they kind of did a little villain? too much he is a villain that's the sad part yes but he can be a good villain george is genuinely defeated right he now he could be a good villain if yeah. he if he does it correctly though i feel like heavy. he was i feel like he was okay he was more he was pretty much the main villain but like his whole villainous story comes from spider-man didn't remember his name that's that's why he became a. That's why he was bad because Spider Man didn't remember his name. I think it was Max. I remembered his name. Okay, yeah. So basically, Amazing Spider Man Two, Electro. He's a guy with electric powers. He's an antagonist in the comics. He's an antagonist in this one. Jamie Fox himself. People are very mixed on him being Electro. I liked him. I thought the, the way he played the character was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. But I agree. The way it was written was a little like, uh, we're going to yeah. throw another villain in here. We got to figure out why exactly. he's here. They gave a crappy reason. But now, what? how this connects with something we've already seen happen is uh, J.K. Simmons, who played Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He played Jonah Jameson, the guy who runs the newspaper company. Yep. In the original Spider-Man trilogy with, trilogy with Tobey Maguire. He's Alex Jones. Exactly, it's all connected. It's a multiverse of Spider-Man. Okay, and you gotta understand, Doctor Strange is gonna open them all up. You're gonna see Toby, Andrew Garfield, uh, Garfield the cat, <laughs> and Tom Holland. There's gonna be lasagna somewhere, cooking. Okay, but look. Oh, see, that's almost a J.K. Simmons voice right there. Yeah, that was Are close. you serious? J. Jonah Jameson. So, he was in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. He got announced at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home that he's mm-hmm. gonna reprise his role. 
right? And in the next in Spider-Man 3, yeah. we've already seen something similar happen coming from Do- Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man universe. Now, maybe Electro from Sony's little Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, he might get brought in for the sequel, which I'm totally in support of because that gives his character a new chance to be so and the Spider-Man movies that Marvel has made so far have been really well written. Like, so I, I look thought, forward to what they could do with him. Like, cause I thought Mysterio was an amazing villain. Exactly. Jake home. Gyllenhaal. If they can, if, if Jamie Foxx, cause he's an Oscar winner, like he's phenomenal. <laughs> he could definitely bring, you know, the mean potatoes to that film. If he, if he becomes a good villain. I saw, I saw a factoid about the one with Jake Gyllenhaal. And did you know he's actually like that good that he, all that shit the movie it's not cgi oh yeah he doesn't have uh telekinetic powers he just did that bro and they said roll the cameras he's just built different i mean <laughs> what else can we say different. all right it, it, podcast's over call him the prince of persia did was that did he do prince of persia was that let's not talk about that i was fucking Lindsay lohan and she thought i was jake gyllenhaal so i said <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> exists beyond planes of Bubble our understanding. Boy. Bubble boy. Okay. Remember that one? All right. We got a little bit of news left before we get into our main segment. And uh, it kind of leads into our main segment. We talked about this earlier as news, as a rumor, and as a little bit of like a, ooh, fun fact. Borat 2 is coming out, ladies and gentlemen, October 23rd on Amazon Prime Video. We watched the trailer earlier. Dear God, it looks like it's going to be a great I got to rewatch it. I've already forgotten it. It's him and his daughter. He's bringing like his daughter yes. to America to sell yes. her to Mike Pence. I hope <laughs> I hope he doesn't sex her. Uh, no, he Mike probably does. <laughs> but but oh like oh my god, he brings. We were her, stoked. We, we were stoked, and we were so stoked that it actually led into our main segment, which you will know if you've clicked on this episode, which is Borat. We watched Borat again, and we went back to like middle school. Yes, Lonnie over here hasn't seen it, so I'm curious to hear what Lonnie has to say. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh. We're at two. October twenty third. Uh, October twenty third. So just at the end of this month. Kind of hard to believe we're already in October, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I turn twenty three tomorrow, man. Congratulations. Awesome. Happy Thanks, early man. birthday. Hey, by the time everybody hears this, it'll be past my birthday. Thanks. Yeah. Well, happy happy belated birthday. Yeah. I'm gonna go get from the viewers. Oh, oh my, my god. That's the way to have you ever done a full bottle? I've done a, when I had COVID, I did a lot of night. Honestly. I lived on NyQuil and Dayquil. Okay, I will. Can I share a quick experience? Yes. Um. So I was a dumb young high schooler, and we had uh, codeine, like um. I had the liquid I have, codeine. Had that, like, yeah. Real, so like, like you know what, like real what, deal, bro. Yeah, like real deal. Like, like it was a prescription. It was old. approved or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I one night, you know, you're just experimenting. Like, okay, I want to drink some some codeine. So I was like. Let me just, I, I did some research and stuff. I was like, this should give me enough to like, you know, get me in that like lazed out, you know, kind of hazy stage. Oh my God, bro. Like not only did I hit like a hazy stage of like, I just feel slowly sleepy. Everything's just like moving slow. <laughs> I had the wildest dream of my life. So enjoy yourself. Go on a little spiritual quest. Maybe you're going to like, I'm going to go on a spiritual quest to fall asleep away from you. You might go to sleep <laughs> for 18 straight hours. Did Were they vivid? Full bottle. Were the dreams vivid or yeah, lucid? Vivid enough because I typically lucid? don't dream. Could you, could you control no, it? No. 
Nah, that's I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to control my dreams. It's I so just, it's low key disappointing. I just keep falling, and Christian's chasing me, yelling at me with a rubber fist. <laughs> get back! But let's get into it. Yeah. Borat, George. He definitely wasn't on Cody. Oh, was they might have to come up with the idea. They might have, but we I feel like I feel this. like we have to explain the premise just in case. Uh, Borat? So, yeah, so Borat is a man from Kazakhstan. He is going to America to learn the, about the USA and take the lessons back to his country. He goes to America. He, I hate doing synopsis, but I'll just give a brief. Yeah. He goes to America and uh, he basically just lets loose to America. And they're here to film a documentary about how good like the American life is. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, like the Kazakhstani culture, the way they portray it is like misogynistic. Um, Old like fashioned, anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic, anti yeah, extremely anti-Semitic. Um, just completely opposite of what America is and all its all our freedoms and everything. But then, but when you and I talked about this, because we watched <coughs> it as kids, you even said your parents took it to you, thinking it was took, took you to it, thinking it was like an educational film, and then the full frontal cock in your face. Yeah, halfway through the movie, but yeah, we realized when we got older. Oh, it's it's hella satirical. It is probably the most satirical film out there. I, yeah, show this if you have a ten year old at home. Show it to him if you if you're that kind of family, and um, or you probably tell think, them this is real, like this is so that they have the same experience that we had. Yeah, because I thought I thought it was legit real until I same. did some research. Same, like, and the great thing about the Borat two trailers, like people notice him, so he's like, fuck. Yeah, that's I'm glad I'm glad because that's the thing I always think about in these films where you're being really satirical. You you're really well known. Like, obviously, there's these moments where shit does not work out. And, like, I wish we could watch the deleted scenes one day about Borat. Oh, are we missing anything? They, they came to America to film a documentary. Um, and he falls they, in love with Pamela Anderson. That's the, that's the, that's the story, story arc. arc where they're trying to get to California. They start off in New York, and it's like a road trip. Oh, but then he finds out his wife dies. like, perfect timing. It was, yeah, the first, it was like the second day they made it to America. And he first finds out about Pamela Anderson. My wife is dead. High five. <laughs> so, um, I'd say what you guys can compare it to for people that have never seen it before. Um, a lot of the pranks, um, I've seen done like on YouTube lately. Like if you watch, Jackass. uh, Impul Impractical Jackass. Jokers is yes. another good example of it. Yes. Taking people who do not know what's going on and just playing absolutely yeah. practical jokes on them rule practical just absolutely obscure like just showing up and calling a prostitute to a dinner party and being like this is my friend and they get so they get away with it because of the middle eastern play on it right or the the some of the stuff i do believe they they got arrested <coughs> like in that hotel when he gets the gets that fucking neck they had to have um so lonnie it was your first time ever watching borat um in its entirety Give me like your 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 least favorite part about it all. Like what did you, what was the film missing? Not not really anything, and I don't think it made me laugh the whole time. I, I enjoyed the story arc, especially how it tied all the way together in the end from that little scene in the middle. I thought it was I just thought it was really well put together. I thought it was super hilarious, right? You know. And uh, I'm honestly glad that I was able to watch it because, you know, I've never had the uh, chance before. Okay. 
Okay, so it wasn't missing anything in your eyes. It was the Not first really. time, first time through. That's important because I feel like when we talk about movies a lot, that's like typically like we're like we want to go to first off is we wanted to see this. So I'm glad that, you know, for you, it seemed to tie together. Well, because I'm not super like I'm not super like versed in like dissecting movies like as as well as I want to be. Like I watch a lot of videos about them, but for the most part, uh, I just take a movie as it is. But like when I first watch a movie, I usually watch it at face value. And I just uh, either I like it or I don't. And then maybe on multiple viewings, I understand more things that happen in it, like different jokes I didn't get before, different things that, you know, make the scene more tense, stuff like that. But Borat itself, I thought was really well put together. So what I feel like for us watching it as adults, it's so funny because we're revisiting it, but we watched it as fucking children. Yeah, no, like I legitimately watched this in the theaters with my parents. I mean, I had mentioned this before. Um, like, that's the kind of household I grew up in, um, where... Like, what age, if you don't mind asking? We were in I middle to, So the Like, film, when you saw it with your parents, what age, like, how old were you? Let me... I'll well, we were in, like, six or six. I think, I, I think it was, like, in between fifth and... Six. 2006, so I was... Oh. I, thought. I was four. I was eight years old. I was four in 2006. Eight, probably about to be nine. But no, we weren't in middle school yet. We just remember that's a lot early, that's school. like elementary yeah, school. That's, probably like that's fourth, like fourth, fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds about when I saw it. Yeah. And my parent, I tell this story too. Like my dad was like, "You want to watch South Park?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "All right, just don't say what they say." And I'm like three years old. I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> that's but yeah, okay, because you can't, um, like when you're a parent, I feel like I sheltering your kids away from Harry Potter is against Christianity, right? Doing that shit too much, you're gonna like, end up off. with people that are anti Harry Potter. That reminds me of the script. How could you but be anyway, anti Harry Potter? You were about Potter. to say something, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's definitely something to talk about. Is that like, I think it's funny, like the parents who shield their kids from like from offensive humor, even though like we live in the most like offensive like world. So. It's like, oh, he's saying bad words. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of worse stuff if you like go outside and have a job. And so, you know, that's always funny. Like, I think we were we were blessed in the way that we were able to see bad shit when we were kids <laughs> and learn from it. But uh, for this movie, okay, something very important to point out is that it's it's one of those like reality uh, footage prank style shows where it's like, okay, here here's your actor. He's gonna go make some random people react they don't know what's being filmed they don't know that you know this is like a like a prank of sorts so the the story is yeah he works for a tv station in kazakhstan he has to go to america and document his time in america for the station right that's the story but then you know right when he gets there he's on a train with his little accent for you know talking to random passerbys on the train saying uh hello i'm from kazakhstan and you know these are just people trying to live their life in New York, right? This is on the the train, and you know the first guy's like, "Hey, fuck off," you know, <laughs> like like the you know the and, and like the whole joke is like, ah, you know, we the whole the whole satire is we handle different cultures very poorly, different. very yes. aggressively, and so uh, I, the narrative I, was very good. This is the difference that you see in the movie when they shoot shit that's really um just at the spot, you know, random moments like that. It's a lot different of reaction than they get when 
it's a planned out meeting between Bora and let's say he met with like the joke consultant, like somebody to help teach him like the American humor that dude knew he was being filmed. So he allowed Borat to, you know, like, Oh, get away with some stuff. This is how they must act in Kazakhstan. He just kissed both cheeks of mine. He is telling me about how his retarded brothers locked up in a cage Bilo. and how his sister is flaunting her pussy in front of his retarded brother and saying, you will never get this. You will never get this. And this dude is sitting through this and isn't like, okay, I get it. I enough. You know no, what I mean? Then, or like, and then he lets Borat explain like, and then he break the cage. And then he get, he got it. <laughs> he did. The joke that's being played on is that him Borat he's purposely interacting with all these random people and making it obvious that he does not understand the American way of life because he's this like weird savage from Kazakhstan so he's overplaying it in one part of the movie he's getting a hotel room and the 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 guy is showing him to his room who works at the hotel he says oh step in they step into the elevator Borat starts opening his suitcase and unpacking his stuff like a and, four by four elevator. Yeah, it's a tiny elevator. Okay, like two people could barely fit in there. Borat thought that this was his hotel room because he's from Kazakhstan. Oh, you are very nice. And the man in the elevator with him worked at the hotel. I'd explain to him, no, no, no. This is the elevator that takes you to the floor. I'm I will sure. not switch to smaller room. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I refuse to, sm- to accept smaller room. I feel like, though, as somebody who worked in, like, entertainment hospitality before, like, I met a lot of people from India, a lot of people from China. Like, they're, they're not used to certain things that we are out here. So, like, I feel like in those industries, they're a little more forgiving with that stuff. See, elevator guy was tolerant. Yeah, elevator yes. guy he was, was tolerant. He was totally chill-ass guy. He was really kindly explaining it to him. The comedy but guy that's was really not tolerant. what we always see. No. Oh, no. You'll, goddamn terrorists, get out of my <laughs> elevator. As, as he soon to come to realize later on in the movie. But it's just, oh, it's such a good movie. And it's so, like, I, I want to say don't. They're going to watch it anyways, but don't show your kids. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, if we're going to get into it, your kids have the power of the internet. We had the power of the internet, and I know exactly what the hell I did. Hmm. Uh, And it was not what any eight, nine, ten-year-old should be looking up. I had a laptop at the age of 12. Probably the the worst thing I ever got. Seriously. (laughs) Your kids are going to see everything. I mean, look at look at uh, nice boys or good boys. Yeah, would you rather? Yeah, that was a good movie. Would you rather walk him through? Would you rather smoke your first joint with your kid, or would you rather have him eat off to fucking do it oh, out? Three uh, D animated. Hey, movies. we're smoking this new thing called crack. You want to take it? <laughs> rather me show it to you than anybody else. I don't. Johnny Depp with his kid. Everyone was like, "Oh my god!" It's like in a controlled environment. Like, yeah. So I mean. But uh, before you even begin to watch uh, Borat, understand who Sasha Baron Cohen is as an actor. Yeah. This man. He is a god when it comes to method acting. Mm. Character oh, acting. One of the best there is. He's done it in numerous films. Like He has Bruno. He has The Dictator, which The Dictator is like a traditionally shot film, but Bruno is the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. As Borat, and now we got Borat too. Did you um see Brothers Grimm? I did not. I did see. He wasn't Sweeney Todd though. Remember he him? was. He was. He was Sweeney Todd for that. Those were, and he was good at that too. But I feel like Bruno takes the cake. Like oh, the, but the, 
That dude literally like had balls in his face. If you like, if you like Sasha Baron Cohen, definitely look up Brothers Grimm. That's a, I will. That's phenomenal. I that will. was really good. But that man like took a dick to the face for for comedy. Sixty nine shot. That's I. So those are like the little scenes in the movie. When you when it comes all together, it's like a it's like a jackass film in the sense where there's just a whole bunch of different skits. That's a good way. It to just put has it. a plot slightly tying it all together. Yes. Yeah. And you know those the the scenes where the plot ties together with Pamela Anderson. You can tell that those are, um, like put in there to just to progress the plot along. Like yeah, those, he's probably that, like, those hey, aren't film me. random airy scenes. Like those are put in there to explain the plot. Ex- like yes. Um, but yeah, it's I I would say there's probably fifteen to seventeen different little skits throughout it. Yeah, like different encounters, and the only one that I know of for sure, and I have brought this up, uh on the show is the Pamela Anderson scene where he tries to marry her and poor Pamela Anderson like I want to say it was her hip broken because some dude tried to like tackle them to save her so they had to do it twice they had to record that scene okay so a good thing to bring up is the the plot of this whole thing like we said there's a like tiny plot that like makes him basically first he has to film his thing in America in New York but he's at the hotel and he sees Baywatch come on the TV. He sees Pamela Anderson in the swimsuit. He decides, oh, what a beautiful woman. I'm in love with her. I'm going to go to California and marry her. So then that's okay. We got our grain and plot. Now we could fuck with people on camera for a little while while, you know, en route, you know, he has to hitch a ride and they try to buy a car and he, he meets all these people on his little adventure to California. And then at the head of the plot, he tries to marry Pamela Anderson, let's say. Uh, he tries and to kidnap her, which I do know is a tradition in some, like, Asian countries. I, no, I, I no, can't no. tell if you're being serious No, 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 or no. it's on Vice. It's on YouTube. No, you said that, and you had that little look on your face. I, I, I will was like, show it to you after this, I promise you. There's a legit country that practices that. And where they need the evidence. Okay, Vice? Yeah, Vice. I, I know Vice is, Vice is legit. Vice yeah, yeah, doesn't... Yeah. Every, why is every other Vice video of them in the fucking Congo somewhere, like out in you know the that, shit? Have just, you seen you know that nerdy white guy that has glasses, and hair? Yeah, he's yeah. the one doing it, and he was like, "Oh, is he gonna steal her?" And Hamilton? Like, no, 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 not Hamilton. Uh, the like the super white nerdy guy. Oh. Uh, and he was like, "You're so many of those on Vox. You just you're on uh, Vice. Yeah. You're describing about half your staff right now." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a legit. I'll show you. I'll show you it. Okay. It's 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 because I watched it. And I was like. Oh shit! This really? Can't be real. Oh, but the the best part and what had us all laughing at first was Borat's wife, and he's <laughs> leaving, and she's like, "If you cheat on me, I'll snap your cock off." <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? That's a great piece of dialogue. Great piece of dialogue. She's a good it, actress. It fits. That that completely fits her character. What I want to know is because I had this thought when we were watching it today. They start to do these scenes where it's all in captions. And like they film him like in a coffee shop and they're both talking in like the Kazakhstan language. I want to know, like, is this them just bullshitting gibberish back and forth to each other? Like literally in front, like in these places. And, you know, nobody knows the difference. And they're just typing in whatever dialogue. I feel like I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen specifically tried to make it sound like very Middle Eastern. He just like to get real, people on age. Well, he probably age. Like he probably studied some of the dialects and the different ways and that, um, like the language. Them. Yeah. And he probably like 
did something completely new to make a Kazakhstan. <laughs> great, great language. And then they tell him that he needs to shave his mustache so he doesn't get confused with a terrorist. Okay, so out of all the skits, I think we can go around. What is one that really stuck out to you? We'll start with Chris, and then we'll go like clockwise. Okay, a lot of whoa, a lot of good. He skits. brought the mic closer. It's getting serious. Oh fuck yeah, he sat up a little. <laughs> okay, okay, you know how about I go over two that I really liked that were particularly fine. Okay, okay, okay. Talking about microphones, when he first gets to New York, he goes to the the news station because he actually was supposed to appear to explain, you know, oh, hi, I'm, you know, I'm coming from Kazakhstan. I'm here to learn lessons from America to bring back to my people. And so the news station is going to interview him, right? He goes on the interview. He says, the guy tells him, okay, go out there. We're live right now. But you know, he, he only knows Kazakhstan. Okay. He doesn't know English very well. Right? Kazakhstan is like, I want to say like, so this was shot in the, in the mid 2000s. I want to say they're like 1980s, 1990s. Like that's, that's the time period they're stuck in like, as a society. Yeah, basically, and I mean, and you know, fortunately calls it like racist or whatever. The the whole satire is depicting Bora and his culture as being like unadvanced and savage. It's part of the satire because it's like, oh, here's how America looks at immigrants for whatever reason. It's a satire. It's cool. It's woke. I promise. Okay? It's woke. <laughs> Back on topic. <laughs> he they say, okay, we're live. Borat walks out and says, ah, oh, before we start, oh, I'm not gonna even try to do the accent. Okay, I'll do it a little bit, and then I'll stop when I think it's bad. Okay. Just right. because... No, I think each Bear, one of us has to do the accent to see who does it the best. I agree. Bear Conan, okay. he does such a good accent. Like, I believe he's Borat. The fact that he's a different <laughs> well, ethnicity... Yeah. When, I, when I saw Sweeney Todd, I was like, look, it's Borat. My dad's like, no, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. And I was like, Borat. That's Borat. Okay, okay, hold on. The gears to- of Borat are constantly turning this mind. He's done such a damn good job. He, okay, but but he he says we're live, so he steps on to the shot. They are live. This is his thing. He takes it as they're not live yet. He goes. Uh, he tells the reporter, "Oh, excuse me. Uh, if I need to go to the shithole, um, <laughs> I need to go to shithole. So you tell me minute before. So then uh, I go to shithole and I come back. I do show. <laughs> and the reporter says, "No, we're we're we're, <laughs> we're live right now, <laughs> actually." And he, he's like, "Oh, oh, oh." Oh, he realized he he's he's on TV. This is the shot. So he stands up, right? So he's out of shot now because he stood up. It's old analog type stuff. He says, "Ah, yes, very excited, very exciting, <laughs> USA." Right? He's doing a Kazakhstani accent, which he does way better than me. Trust me. It's like this man was born and raised in Kazakhstan. Right? Beautifully done. He acts super awkward. He says how. He wants, I come to America to learn your lesson and uh, put it, bring it back on in my country, Kazakhstan. Is, is there anything else obscene that he did that I'm missing here? You were, you were talking about the microphone. Oh, yes. <laughs> he starts, okay, once he realizes he's on live TV, he gets embarrassed. He stands up. He's like, oh, America. The reporter says, oh, sit down, sit down. Okay, we could talk. Sit down. The reporter gets him to sit down, switches to the right camera, gets in shot now. He start Borat starts speaking and he looks to the reporter and says, "Oh, do, do you have a microphone t- for me to speak in?" And he said, and he has a clip on microphone. And the reporter's very kind at this point. He says, "Look, see this on your shirt. That's your microphone." And he says, he tests. He goes, "Ah, ah, ha, ha, 
I, should I do it? I can, I can, I can make it not so abrupt. Uh, okay, so he's realizing the clip on microphone, what it is. So he says he's like, ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, America. <laughs> Rip headphone users. U.S. and A. Okay, so he does that on a like. Th- this looks like like you know you turn on ABC in the morning, a legit station. This is what they're doing, and he just totally like he he. He asked to go to the shithole on camera and Live screamed TV. in, you know, ear raped their microphone. It, that was the funniest part right there was was him ear raping the microphone. If you want me to, I'll, I'll drop a fun fact here on that. Please do, because I don't so, have any. The Mississippi news producer who accidentally booked Borat was fired. So that <laughs> the news producer got fired. And <clears throat> she wrote, the, the news producer wrote a letter to like Newsweek saying that took her three months to find a job and that she was like in debt and everything. And she said that, uh, Barry Cohen was being heralded as a comedic genius that was like upsetting her because they're like, no, this man wasn't a fucking genius. He caused me my goddamn job, but he is a genius. He didn't even know he's a, a, a comedian. Listen, bitch, nobody would have known genius. who you were if it wasn't for Sasha Baron Cohen being the genius. Okay. You could, you could say I, I might've possibly, helped produce one of the greatest films of all time spin zone you thought you were in debt and jobless boom now she's like a producer on a major bam i would love it if like this is where sasha baron cohen can tie it all together if he was like i want you to come and help produce borat too and then see what kind of humor she has about that or if she's just like no fuck you dude are you serious okay chris you said you had another one okay yeah um two first great thing about this movie was wow extremely funny that was a real new news broadcast that they ruined because they're like, haha, funny, funny man from a different country. Hilarious. Ear raped their microphone. The other great part of this movie was like the satire because like the whole movie is saying like, you know, it's funny that, you know, we treat like immigrants like shit. Right. But then while traveling the country, he sees like these people who are just act terrible, totally evil towards him. You know what I mean? And. What was really crazy was he was gonna sing the national an- he was gonna sing the national anthem for a rodeo in Texas in no, Texas Al- Al- Alabama 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 that's even worse okay. Birmingham good context because there is you know if you know the culture there's a difference there, which I'm not gonna say what it is good buddy so he's gonna sing the anthem for a rodeo in Alabama. Right, you got all these good old boys in cowboy hats. He's, you know, this is before the show. He's talking to this old guy who's involved with the whole thing, and you know, they're just chatting. And um, somehow they both start agreeing about how, you know, oh, you know, because okay, this is post nine eleven. You got to understand that's just how shit was. They start agreeing with each other about how they have to like destroy all the Middle Eastern, right? Borat starts going on about it and like he does this thing throughout the movie where he shoots something like kind of offensive at one of the like the passerbys being that don't know they're being filmed and then they reciprocate it and you're like whoa hold on this old guy started agreeing with him like yeah we're gonna you know once we you know oh oh okay let me get to the real funny thing that happened he tells Borat hey you know you look kind of like a Muslim because of the mustache man I'd really suggest you shave it off. And believe me, I understand. 
you know, they're, they're going to, they're over there in the Middle East. They're going to take care of this and then you'll be fine then. But maybe for now you should save the mustache because, you know, you you know, they might think, oh, that guy's got a bomb on him or something. <laughs> exact words. And you have to understand this is not an actor. This is the reality prank shit. This is some guy that they pulled into the whole thing. He's the, he's the manager of the rodeo. He's the guy who I manages the, the radio. After. Well, that's so, what makes it go good is you, that it's just straight you want me to up go real people that now? they're talking to. Say, say that again. That's what just makes it so great is that it's just straight up real people and their actual views. Like that's like America. Like that was the whole point a, of the movie. That's like America being America at its core. Like you're gonna have, and that's what I also thought was really cool about it is that it's super inclusive with everything. Like it, it talks about you know gay people. It talks about um uh Middle Easterns and it, it it addresses a whole bunch of different things and it just like brings light and comedy to all of them and it's just like it's just really awesome honestly. So fact about what was uh going on there and how this is this gives you a little insight as to how they get a chance to do these wild ass things right so the producer that allowed borat to perform in the first place um he was fooled because when making the film borat the 20th century fox put together you know a fake production company a journalist story and um what they had asked him for to like also to perform the national anthem was a demo CD. So they sent in a demo CD, right? I have the, somebody else singing. The it. dude never listened to the demo CD. The demo CD was blank. So he, he just saw the story. That's some Joey he saw shit. the production company and they prompt 20th century Fox was probably like, no, you don't have to pay this dude at all. You know, he's doing this out of the kindness of his heart for his documentary. Don't have to pay him. Bada bing, bada boom. He's in the rodeo. He's talking to the guy that said, you know, probably saved us, you know? And so he goes out. I think we're at that part now where he's walking yeah. out to about to sing the national anthem. So land. the rodeo guy is kind of like laid down some kind of like racist shit on him. Also homophobic. About, too. yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah. They're too, too, it's just painting how crappy, like the crappy things people say. All these people that he meets, basically, he walks out, you know, he realizes like, oh, you know, he starts cheering before he does the anthem. He's like, yeah, or Borat starts like trying to like rile the crowd. We're going, you know, I support America's war on terror. No, of terror. Yes, yes. War of terror. I support America's war of terror. And everyone's like, yeah. And, you know, America. Lonnie, you, we got to be the Americans in the background. America. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You guys What's the, the next one? What's the, the next good one? good old boys. Um, you know, we must, we're going to smash all of their villages yeah. and rape their women. Yeah. Yeah. Good buddy. Hell yeah, brother. And, and like, it, it seems pretty normal enough, like for that crowd, that's their normal. Okay. Not mine. But you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that wouldn't like be off putting to them. The last thing he says, we will drink the blood of the Muslims. Or he said, I he say made- George Bush will drink the blood of the, of the, all the Muslim men, women, and children. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> and like there was a like kind of a pause, but then he just, they, they, they were like, yeah, yeah like, they riled yeah, up yeah. more than every other the, time. Yeah, yeah, no, the president when he's when they said that George Bush was going to drink the blood of every, every man, man, woman, and in, child in Iraq, <laughs> they lost their shit. They're like, okay, yeah, brother. So like that, dude. There's definitely like an expose type thing going on in this movie, and it's pretty damn interesting. But from that point, then he's like, okay, I'm gonna. He says, I'm going to sing the Kazakhstani anthem over to the tune of 
the American national anthem. <laughs> and uh, this is oh, the man. thing. This is what he does. He hooks him in by, it's like, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt, he's just foreign, so he doesn't understand things, but they like that he has the spirit, right? So that's why they <laughs> he's cheer. He's confused, if, but he's got the so spirit. If he yeah. wouldn't have done that shit at the beginning, they would have fucking shot this. I'm God, surprised they, they didn't shoot him. So yeah. <laughs> I'll give that fact at the end here. So they go into it. You want to give us your best rendition of this little national anthem? I don't sings? remember the lyrics. I, well, I'll, I'll do it they up. May, I was going to say, they basically just say, like, every country is shit and Kazakhstan is the potassium. Okay. Okay. He says, <laughs> he says I'm going to sing the Kazakhstani anthem over the American national anthem. I'm pretty sure these people are expecting him to just sing the American national anthem, like, because they do that at every... Any event with Republicans, you're going to say. They were told he was just going to sing the regular national anthem. So, first he says that they don't really react much because they're like, huh? Then he goes something like this. Kazakhstan is greatest country. All other countries are little girls. (laughs) We produce the best potassium. All other countries are potassium bad. (laughs) I want to say he gets like one verse in. Yeah. Oh, he gets one verse in, then you start hearing boo, boo, boo. They're like, get the fuck out of here. So that's what I was gonna say. The next part is here. He, um, the people after when they were like talking to him, um, about the whole thing because it made it made like headlines. Obviously, um, that they the producer team and all the actors they sprinted on out of there. And when they were interviewing people after, they were talking about like if he would have stayed out there any longer, like there was a good chance that they would have fucking killed not only Sasha Baron Cohen, but then also the team yeah, helping the, them the film group. it. Yeah. Because you know, it, it's really like people, people real, like, I mean, this is 2006 and they probably filmed it in like 2005, 2006 yeah. when it was released. You know, this is four years fresh from nine 11. People are mad. Oh man. Like, you you know they didn't they might have thought it might have been something like that you know what i mean so boy great two skits i think that's excellent um before we move on yeah uh because this is already a long episode yeah we're already almost a little over an hour in already um give it so here's here's i think we should continue this keep so you gave us your two we'll keep telling our greatest or like our, our favorite spots but we got to let lonnie know the rating system have here on the lukewarm cinema yes. podcast so christian yes. I'm gonna let you please, go first. please do go ahead and explain our, our rating system okay so and you got to understand that you know why would the lukewarm cinema podcast use a unique rating system well you know rotten tomatoes has their one to 100 you know some some places stars you know when you really get to the core of rating and you look at the science of what a rating is supposed to do hold on hold on, hold on chris i I think it's important that uh, I get this on video. This is a big, this is a big moment. Yeah, because everybody well, will be seeing this. Scholars are going to be referencing this clip. So we're back to the ratings. So you know, most ratings sometimes you have one to one hundred. Sometimes you have out of five stars. You know, everybody has a different rating system. But when you get to the core of the science of film rating, the actual most expressive degree of measurement is out of five, not pears, not oranges, but the tropical pineapple. We rate out of five pineapple. Okay, and I'm not the numbers guy. I'm not the science guy, but our experts kind of took care of that. Christian's lawyer is a cat, by the way. 
<laughs> Not anymore. He ate some spaghetti I left down and puked. So he, he's kind of on the bench. Don't you know you're only supposed to feed cats lasagna? Well, I didn't feed it to him. I left it out for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So go ahead and give us your rating. Okay. So out of five pineapples. Ooh, definitely. Probably like five pineapples, honestly, which, which I almost said four and a half, but it's, it, it's, it's big brain and it's also giga funny. So for what the type of movie it is, I'll say five pineapples. Pineapple. Pineapple. We're going to have to do Pineapple. 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 That's five pineapples. I'm going to have to record. I'm going to have to take that snippet and just. Right, there we go. That's our new. Uh, that's our new sound that's effect. New Maybe, pineapple. I think that's, that's only. That's for- the sound effect that you got to put like before we do the, the rating. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lonnie. Since this is your first time ever seeing this movie, I want to hear something that you took away from this film that just made you like a deep gawaf from your diaphragm, and then give it give a shot at at, at our ratings. We got it. We got a play test. I mean, uh, the dinner party really really funny when when he shit into the bag and brought it to the table. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And then, and then the lady went back to the bathroom with him and taught God him how to her. use it to Yeah, what a wonderful they were, woman. They were hanging in there till the end, but she was like, oh my God. And then, I'm like, sorry, like does kids. anyone remember the name of uh, the prostitute that showed up? Leanna? Lunel? Lunel. 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 Yes. Yeah, so Lunel came over, and that's when they shut shit down. They were like, I can't handle, I cannot handle the poor at anymore. We can handle you calling our guy who's retired retarded. We can handle oh you. My God. We can okay, handle you yeah. bringing I, us I your shit in a bag, but once you bring a prostitute over, it's over. Oh, I she was com- also black. So maybe they were racist too. Oh but. yeah, that's also a good point. But I was completely like, no, the like probably maybe the funniest part of the whole skit is when he was first talking to the guy, and the guy's like, "I'm retired," and he said, "You are retard." <laughs> and then, he, and then <laughs> he starts talking to the other people at the table, saying, "It is very nice that you allow retards to eat with you." <laughs> And like, oh man, that is just like, that's, that's gold right there. Like that is gold. Like there's no, like, that's just an easy language barrier mix up and it's just pure comedy gold. And he, and it's funny because like, once you know, it's Sasha Baron Cohen's an actor, you know, he's like in his head, he's like, oh, he's like, oh "Oh, my God, this is, he's like, this is easy pickings. Like this is, this is what I'm supposed to, this is easy. But finally, I'll say that's probably my favorite scene. But uh, on a scale of zero to five pineapples. And this is important because we've at least twice now, right? Okay. Yeah, I saw when it at came out. At least twice. Yep, my first so, view. Yeah, your first time. So this is like a, like a real raw like, like review. Raw. I'm going to give raw. the most honest opinion, the most honest pineapple I can right now. Five pineapples. Hey, we got another five. Five pineapples because you know what? Everything Christian stated before is absolutely correct. All the satire influenced you. The satire is beautiful. Like the satire is perfect. Like it's just always funny. Like you, like you just like, and then like it also shows you like the deep, like, like just fucked up shit that can happen in America and how like fucked up some of the people can be, and also how how nice some of the people can be because there's how much they'll put up with. Yeah, because you really get to see like like that driving instructor. Yeah, was like, he's like, like, you know what? I could be a boyfriend. That was, another, right. that was another good scene. That was another good one. That he I started off at, like, all right, we're not fucking around to being like, I could yeah, be a boyfriend. Just like the whole movie, it really was. It was done beautifully, especially in like the uh, the documentary type deal. Like, that's just like, 
the that was literally the perfect way to if this was a regularly filmed movie it wouldn't work it would not carry. at all but as as the way it is it's it's honestly perfect as a five out of five pineapples we've got two five out of fives all right we got to go to george now yeah well okay um obviously last takeaways the thing that people need to realize because i've been seeing a lot of people on youtube film these prank videos and what people miss is that you have to get people hooked in too many times people go straight for the i need this reaction or like let me be crazy right off the jump and like start of them but you get the true comedic gold once you you know you give them a compliment you know you start like showing them that you know like oh i'm not entirely a bad guy you lure them in right <clears throat> a little sweet nothing that is what he does in this movie better than anything and um obviously i i'm gonna i'm gonna continue along with the five pineapples right well, you didn't even give us your favorite scene gosh because I, I was trying to think even there's, too, there's too many yeah there's literally no, so, so many i think watching uh going back on it i think the scene that kind of really took me by surprise again was when uh borat walks out of the shower he still has like bubbles on his legs and he has this towel wrapped around him and then just on the bed is his buddy that's been with him the whole trip just jerking off to pam anderson in the baywatch magazine and no like like obviously borat was just mad because you know borat had treasured that magazine and this dude's beaten off to it so they're both naked they're both wrestling on the bed they like are throwing each other around the room and then eventually they leave the room um naked still um because you know they're they're fighting so they're trying to get away from one another they run into a crowded elevator <laughs> now i would love to know if that elevator scene was like legit or not there's so many after, be. You, watch, it had after be. you watch this movie you're gonna be like Holy shit! Like what, what is I, what is actually what did, what am I what, like, yes. what is real right now? Because it does such a good job of blending it. Most of the times, um, like a scene like this, this is a huge scene. They knew that they were like, we got to go fucking next level. They sprint into the elevator naked and with a family, and then they stand there. And the best part of it all is like while the cameraman's in the corner recording them, they like corner this one chick that's in the elevator. They're both naked and. They're fucking, you they're know, not like fighting they, either. They're just standing there normal. They're, yes. They're, yeah. Because if they were fighting, then they people would find an elevator. Of course not. Yeah. So then, as soon as everybody left the elevator, they started chasing each other around the hotel lobby. So, like, in a span of five minutes, they're naked in an elevator, sprinting in the hotel lobby, and then they run into like this one big company's sales convention or whatever. Like a conference almost. It looked like a banquet, actually. People yeah, were like dressed like. up really nice. And they're sprinting in there naked. And the and his buddy that's naked, he's a he's a husky fella. He's running around. He he's fucking got a scraggly beard. He's not easy on the bald, eyes. He got a big bold patch on the back of his head. He's sprinting around naked. And then somehow they make it up to the fucking main stage. Well, I think they just both blitzed naked. Them. And they're yeah. also yelling in their foreign language the entire time. While Borat's swinging well, the around the, 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 the rubber <laughs> fist. Yeah, dude, I'm uh, telling you, they mastered like this, like fake gibberish. There's no way they learned actual. Cosmic no, I language. feel like what they did no is way. they probably. I feel like because of how good the acting was, they must have spent months like living as those Talking. characters. Yes, yes. So finishing all that up, 
they sprint on the main stage and they're just wrestling naked. I mean, and everyone's like fucking shocked, right? This is the last thing you ever expect. And no one really wants to go tackle a couple of naked guys. They like, they like manhandle Azamat and like drop his ass off the fucking oh, stage. They, 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 fucking, did, they did once they, they did had not, enough of um, the shit. Yeah. But they did not take any shit. Those security guards threw them off the stage fast. I, Sasha Baron Cohen, there's this one scene, like the last shot you see. He's like this one, it's like the security officer just goes and grabs Sasha Baron Cohen by the neck, but like smacks him. Like, yeah. Like, like, like you, ever see those, you ever see those videos of kids get like kids getting smacked in the back of the yes. neck? Does that ever happen to you? Yeah. That was, like, yeah, that, my that dad, was, yeah. Yeah. Like, like hard. Like you, you heard it for real. So that was my favorite scene by far. And like I said, um, what I'm looking forward to in this next one, um, is, the way and the way in which he goes about reeling people in. I hope he stays true to it. I hope he's not just going for the quick laughs. Oh I, no. He he's too invested in like yeah. if you notice like lately he's been very politically active. I feel like Borat too is gonna be just as satirical. What, where does this release? Like in the a week and a half a week and a couple of days oh, that's planned before the election. I and literally there's there was in the preview a shot mm-hmm. of him dressed up as Donald Trump, carrying his daughter as a as a woman, and going into a Mike Pence rally or whatever. Uh, you're gonna see a lot of um. Oh, is that who that was in the commercial? That was yeah, Mike Pence. That's Mike yeah. Pence. Yeah. Oh my god, that makes it ten times funnier. Yes, I couldn't yes. tell who that was. So, um, for the sole fact that I am just just so excited to see this on October twenty third. I might have to break our pineapple system. I'm giving it 5.5 pineapples. Whoa. Wow. 5. Has that ever 5. happened before? No. Pineapple Requiem we've, has been achieved. We've never given anything we've a broken five. the meter. Yeah, we've never given... We might have to come up with a prestigious award system here on the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. What's been the closest movie to a five? We've had like three and a half, maybe Cars a four. Cars 2. Cars 2 is my five. What? We haven't watched Cars 2 together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a... It, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. All right, Cars well, 1 is So you good. give it a 5.5. <laughs> yes. I guess I should wrap this and up then with I'll, mine. Uh, I'll oh, say right please, now, please to do this, we will, uh, we will start posting... Um, I'll have like oh, a pineapple we gotta wall. That. We gotta have a pineapple wall like in school. Yeah, and then we'll like put our ratings up or something. Well, we'll that would be cool. We'll put like, put like the wall of like fame. You'll yes. put like Borat up with a 5 on it. That's like Hall of Fame status. Of a film, I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm here for a Hall of Fame Hall of Fame podcast. Yeah, your history in the making right here. Well, I'll, I'll give mine. Go ahead. My favorite moment is the whole movie, but <laughs> uh, one of my like I love every segment. They're so great. Uh, my second favorite is when they're they're with the uh, in American outside of their like projects, and they're like teaching them how to be them. And so he walks into the hotel sagging his oh his. Trousers like with the belt still on, and then he walks up. He goes, "What's up, Vanilla Face?" To the to the <laughs> dude behind the counter, and they kick him out. Like that's my that's my second. My first favorite though, after rewatching this, was when Borat went to go talk to the feminist. Oh he, my, that <laughs> was good. And they go, he goes, "Do you think a woman should be educated?" Like, and they're like, "Yes, definitely." He's like, "But it is proven that uh, women have brain the size of squirrel. Our our perfect our our, our, our doctors." Well, there's like one guy, and they were like, "Well, he's wrong." And he goes, "No, no, no. He he good professor. He good uh, doctor in my my country." But Doctor, then he, doctor Uzek of of Kazakhstan 
has proven that women brain size of squirrel. Yeah, but <laughs> but like he pisses them off to the point where they like are like, I'm done. And and he's like, Come on, baby, baby. baby Come on, pussycat. Smile pussy for cat. me a bit. Pussycat calls him baby, calls him pussycat. And like if you release that today, oh shit. Oh my god, expect expect hell. Oh my god. Expect hell. I a lot of this could not fly. My 99% of this could not fly today. That's, what I'm, but that's, why that's, I'm, what, that's what I'm hoping. Excited. That's what I'm hoping he's going to do in the second one. Like he's going to do the shit that he's not supposed to do. Oh, he is. Cause he was in the news a few, like a month ago with at that, uh, that rally. And he was singing like a very racist song. And if you look in the previews, that's the outfit he was wearing as like the fat suit. Mm. So, the, so what I'll toss in is because the whole big name of the game nowadays, when you film these things, is consent and i feel like when you have amazon <clears throat> putting their money behind this film the level of like you know production is really upped and people are more willing to be like okay i'll be on this like as opposed to if you're just some kid with like youtube camcorder and you're trying to do this mm-hmm. shit like they're not going to be like no i don't want to be on you weak ass film but like if they're like oh 20th century fox i'm signing off on to be some big then they might you know but it could also be that a lot more stage because amazon's like we don't want to i think that's where borat 2 can fuck themselves if they do too much of that stage, stage. yeah because that's what well, makes some borat. of it already isn't because he made the, news all of the stage stuff in the first one was part of that super thin plot line that they had yeah like pamela anderson was staged. like the, all that stuff was staged i feel like some of it was legit like stage like also uh the, okay the 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 scene when they when he goes picks up with the with the guys in the rv with yeah. the with the that with the frat staged. guys i thought that was staged too it I, it, yeah that, i thought that part uh, was staged fake. the before i give my rating uh one of the things that I find is funny is the two political people he was going to talk to gets cut very short. Like you get the first one. He was like, my, my wife make this cheese from uh, her milk. Uh, her tit milk. Oh my and he's God. Like, he's already like swallowing. He's like, you're God. And that's all you see of that man. Yeah, no, that, that's, and then he goes, that's it. And then he, Oh my God. And it shows you like what Chris was saying, how primitive, like their, their society is. It's savage. He goes, next we talk to a man who's a real chocolate face. And it's black guy. And and like, oh black guy. God. What did he ask him? He asked him about the home, the the gay guys he brought up to his room from the Pride Parade, oh, and he's like, yeah. so he's like, okay, that was also another phenomenal scene because he went to the gay Pride Parade. He's like, these people are a lot more friendly here. <laughs> but then he's like, he's and then, like, and then he like the two gay guys take him back to his hotel room, and then he goes into the bathroom with one yeah. of them with the big rubber fist. That's where he gets the fist from, and he's like, you're telling me, the men that took me into the bathroom and shoved the fist up my anus is a homosexual. And he's like distraught when the guy goes, "Yeah, it sounds like." Oh my god! So that's gross. Like he like because he like of course he doesn't know, but like how do you not know? Yeah. Well, like, okay. It's, he didn't know that it was homosexual at the time, but now he's like, "I'm now he like can't live with himself." Like well, that's like, just like such a some perfect cultures. They're, they're like exactly, some of that is like oh, that's not- like that's such a perfect like um that's just a, it's just such a perfectly done scene, and the way he reacted to it too is just like like. Like that, like it's the there's a reason we gave this movie five pineapples, folks. Almost full. I'm by reading. Oh yeah, here if we go. You ruin it. I'm not gonna ruin no, it. Honestly, I, with five, okay. with there's three no other pressure. votes, with three other votes at five pineapples and mine at five and a half. Austin, if, well, unless he out unless he goes lower than a three point like four and a half, the average stays at five. What do you think I'm gonna say? And 
I think you might say 4.5 because, you know, nobody's perfect and there's always room for improvement. I think, Lonnie, what do you think I think say? since you referred to it as, oh, my whole, the whole, the whole movie's my favorite part, I'm going to say you're definitely going to give it a five. Chris? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way you're going to ruin the perfect, the perfect, the, you know, the no, perfect. No, I'm going to, even without the perfect circle, it's, it's a five for me out of five pineapples. I think we need to add this to the Borat wall. We need to make, like, yeah, a Hall of Fame movie wall. Hall of Fame, and then we gotta like hype it up for the new one and be like, look, movie's great, watch it. I think uh, that'll be a, a podcast. You expect that right on. Absolutely, as as, we're gonna we're gonna watch that movie. When is October 23rd? Is it a... What day of the week is that? I'm looking on my calendar. Uh, it ends with day. That is, that is a or correct why. statement. Why? October 23rd, we are looking at a Friday. There we go, and that's usually Another the day we day. record. That's like, it ties together perfectly. Perfectly. We'll, well make a day out of it. Anybody have any last things they want to add on this movie before we seal it in the Hall of Fame vault? Palindrome. I don't remember what that word means. <laughs> Look it up. Leave it as a comment of our video. Christian's got an important uh, vocabulary test this week and he needs you. Please, guys. All I know are Kazakhstani words. <laughs> I can't even type backwards R on my computer. Oh, we should... <laughs> We I tried f- pulling off the key and turning it around. <laughs> we should all finish out the episode talking like Borat. I can't. We got to see who has the best one. Wait, we well, did. We was, did that. Well, what was no, that little it's... line he kept saying? Cinque. 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 We'll do that at the end. But Cinque. Cinque. We, we have, our, we have our, our, our busy work at the end of the episode. We got to do it at the end of the episode. Axes? That too. We gotta let everybody know where to find us. All right, latitude. Okay, you could find the lukewarm cinema podcast that the uh, on my retard my my cousin Bilo's Spotify at the lukewarm cinema podcast, and then on on the Apple, you cannot eat this apple. Uh, is it radio apple? The apple. If you could eat the apple. Would taste like my wife's uh, milk from her teeth. Uh, Apple <laughs> Podcast, Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. On the on the stage, <laughs> that goes super Spanish. Stage <laughs> your podcast, uh, and then you guys, please buy a Lukewarm P- Cinema Podcast shirt. Like this is a swag ass little emblem that Austin made us, and you Look. need it on a shirt. In 2050, the international currency is going to be built up devotion to the Lukewarm Cinema podcast. And, you know, our new constitution is going to be sent, but all that stuff. And your shirt's going to pay off. One shirt is worth like a billion dollars in, 50, in, in, in 30 years. So, you know, just, just, just keep in mind. It's an actual like bridal gown. Has it. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I actually heard that um, we are getting some, some listeners in Indonesia. Chinque, those lin- those <laughs> that's, listeners. That's actually not wrong. <laughs> Is actually it not? not? No, we have we have a, we have a good uh, broad spectrum of listeners. People in like, in, especially in Europe and South America, a little bit of oh, Africa. Oh, I was talking about Chinque. <laughs> oh no, I was talking about I was talking about not wrong about we have people from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Chinque is not wrong. If you listen, we love you, and it's not sexual unless like you came at us. Wanting us to reciprocate that feeling, then it would be, but only if also you're of age. We don't do that cutie shit. Yes. Um. Many pineapple 
Many pineapple go to this movie. Very good. As George said, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. And until next time, guys. Cinque. Cinque. Cinque.